Good evening. I'm Sean McLean, the founder and CEO. Every time I watch that video, I get the chills. And it got me reflecting over the holiday about Absai and our history, where we started 12 years ago. We started 12 years ago with trying to change biomanufacturing, being able to produce antibodies, in, not in Cho cells or mammalian cells, but in E. coli, a very simple organism, to ultimately drive down the overall costs and decrease the time it takes us to get into, into, the, into the clinic. And it started in a basement lab in Portland, Oregon. After lots of failed experiments, sleepless nights, we were actually able to show that you could produce an antibody in E. coli. And the amazing part about this and what I've realized is that E. coli is the hero of our story. You all know that generative AI needs data and lots of it. And that's exactly what E. coli gives us. In a single test tube, you have billions of E. coli. You can take DNA, put it in, and have antibodies, billions of antibodies being produced, and screening those with your ACE assay, with our proprietary ACE assay, allowing you to get billions of protein-protein of interaction data points to feed into the model. And so our vision's transformed from biomanufacturing to drug discovery, and not only drug discovery, but drug creation, changing this paradigm of finding the needle in the haystack to actually creating it, being able to design the biologic the right way the first time, being able to get all of the attributes, the functionality, the manufacturability, developability, and this is going to change how we do drug discovery and biomanufacturing, and I'm excited to talk to you about how we are changing the industry with drug creation today. We will be making forward-looking statements in this presentation. Now, there's been a lot of buzz around AI, generative AI. So let's just take a, a little stroll down history lane. AI started off with classification, being able to identify images. Is this image an apple? Is it an orange or is it a human? And now we're in this new phase of AI, generative AI. It's actually creation, where you're able to go from text to image. And this image we have right here was actually created from this uh, large uh, uh, diffusion model, Dolly, where we put in the input, our chief morale officer, for those of, the, for those of you that don't know, she is uh, my dog, and we had an AI create an image of our chief morale officer in the lab on a computer. And that's the image it created. Now, this image never existed. It was, it, it was created from text. Now, what if you could take this same concept of going from text to image, but do it for drugs? Being able to go from target to antibody at a click of a button. That's what we're doing here at Absci. We're taking our synthetic biology platform along with generative AI to go from drug creation or from drug discovery to drug creation. Now, why do we want to apply generative AI to drug discovery? Well, if you look at how the process is done, it's completely broken. It takes five and a half years on average to get a new drug into the clinic with very, very low success rates, 4% or less. And there's a reason for this. 
because we use biological systems to discover drugs. We have, let's say, phage display or immunization. Let's just take immunization, for example. You take a, an antigen or a target. You inject it into a mouse. The mouse creates the antibody for you. But you have no control over what the mouse ultimately gives you from an antibody perspective. You can't control what epitope it hits, what affinity it's going to give you, what, what, uh, uh, what the manufacturability parameters are going to be, the developability. You have no control over this. So you have this iterative process. And this is why it takes five and a half years, and you ultimately have to sacrifice one attribute for another. And so you're taking suboptimal hits into the clinic. Again, this is why we have uh, a five and a half year uh, time to, from discovery to IND and a very low success rate. So how do we go about applying generative AI to biologic drug discovery? Well, let's just take a look at the landscape. There's been a, a lot of really exciting companies being formed over the last few years. Most of them have been in small molecules. And there's a reason for that. And I'm going to hit on this point over and over and over. It's all about the data. With small molecules, you have access to that data. Anybody can go screen a million-member small molecule library and get the data and train their models. But with biologics, it's completely different. Every single antibody you want to screen and test you have to make in a living organism, unlike making it synthetically by a chemist. And the way you produce it is through mammalian cells or CHO cells. And the scalability of that's extremely poor. You can maybe screen 1,000 to 10,000 antibodies in a given week, but that's not enough data to actually train generative AI models. But here at ABSI, We've solved that scalability problem. And it all goes back to the basement lab and the hero of our story, E. coli. We engineered E. coli to produce antibodies for the first time ever. And again, because we're in a microbial system, we can build large billion-member libraries. And we can take those, those antibody libraries, those DNA sequences, put it into a test tube of our engineered E. coli, and have every single E. coli in that population making a different antibody. So in that single test tube, you now have a billion drug candidates you can screen instead of the, the tens of thousands that mammalian cells would produce. Now, you have to actually go and screen those. How do you look at the functionality? This is where we built our breakthrough proprietary assay, which we call our ACE assay, where we're able to interrogate each and every cell, looking at the protein-protein interaction. How tightly is it binding to the target? And all of this data, billions of protein-protein interaction data points, is fed into our generative AI model. So how does this all work in practice? It's through our integrated drug creation platform. It's data to train. We're able to screen billions of protein-protein interaction data points that are fed into our AI model, and we use that to create. And then ultimately, and this is a really, really important piece, wet lab to validate. There's so many models out there that don't validate in the wet lab. And we are able to validate 
2.8 million unique AI-generated designs a week. I was actually just talking to an AI scientist at one of the large tech companies, and he was telling me that it took over a year and a half to validate 14 proteins that came out of his, his model. We can do 2.8 million in a week. So it's not just about the throughput of data. It's also about how quickly we can iterate. We have cycle times where we're able to go from data to train, AI to create, and wet lab to validate in a six-week time period. And this has enabled one of the biggest breakthroughs in the space that we just announced today that I'm going to be talking about here shortly. And it allows us to rapidly iterate on our models. What architecture should we be using? What hyperparameters? And it's dramatically allowing us to decrease the amount of time it takes to get new drugs into the clinic, as well as increasing overall success rates. And it's allowing us to attract the top AI scientists in the space. We have scientists that have come from, from Tesla, from OpenAI, from Facebook, and they're coming here because we're essentially a tech company. They can iterate on their models as fast as they can at a typical tech company because we're able to get the data in a very rapid manner, and we're able to, to train the models and validate them. And this leads me to a very exciting breakthrough that we just announced today. Absai is the first and only company to design and validate new antibodies with zero-shot generative AI. So let's define zero-shot. This means that the model has never seen an antibody that binds to the target or a homologue. It's very simple. We go from target as the input, and the output from the model is the antibody that binds to the target. We're doing this all from scratch on a computer. No one has ever done this before. This completely eliminates all the, the, all the biological discovery uh, technologies that currently exist. And this truly is the future. Now, we demonstrated this across four different targets. And I encourage you to, to take a look at the preprint uh, or the manuscript that, uh, that uh, uh, we, we released uh, yesterday. And the manuscript talks about uh, this working on four different targets. It was HER2, VEGF, COVID, and an undisclosed target. Now, it was a huge accomplishment just to get this to work. But was it actually designing therapeutics that were going to be relevant? Could this actually work in the clinic? Well, I'm here to say that it, it blew our socks off, and, and uh, we, were, we were shocked by the results here. So one of the results I'm going to show you here on the right is a HER2 antigen. So we took a HER2 antigen structure, fed that into our model, and we generated antibodies that bound to the same epitope that trastuzumab bound to. And what you see highlighted here on the, on the right is trastuzumab overlaid, the trastuzumab structure overlaid with the AI-generated antibodies. And what's really interesting here is that the sequences 
are extremely diverse. One of them is actually 90% different than trastuzumab. But what you'll see is that the structure and the side chains that are necessary for it to bind to the epitope on HER2 are actually conserved. So the model's actually learning what structure is important for binding to that particular epitope, but yet having a huge sequence diversity. This is really exciting. Like This has been a very well-studied antibody, but yet none, no result has ever come up like this. And it's because we're able to search a much larger search space. So what does that search space actually look like? Here we show the, uh, the, the search spaces that we looked at. Millions, billions, trillions, and quadrillions. And when we looked in a search space of quadrillions, we were actually able to have binders or an antibodies that bound to HER2, about a dozen of them. That's incredible. Literally, all that went into the model, again, is the target structure, and we got the output of sequences that actually bound. And I want to make it clear. These are all wet lab validated. This is not the model predicting affinities This is or, or predicted affinities. These are actually measured affinities in the lab. And the really exciting part is not only are the sequence diversities uh, exciting, but the... The, the affinities as well are very diverse. You know, you have high binders, you have low binders. And this is, again, really exciting, uh, especially from an IP perspective, because you could essentially look at this and say, if I had a brand new target, let's say, and I was able to then use this model to design an antibody or antibodies that bound to all the epitopes at various different affinities, and go in the wet lab and validate that, you could essentially take out a whole, new, a whole new target from an IP perspective. So not only is it helping us design better therapies faster, but also uh, uh, is, is a huge advantage from an IP perspective. Now, you could say these sequences are, are so diverse. Are they gonna be immunogenic? Are they actually going to work in the clinic? Well, we built this naturalness model that basically looked at, uh, uh, that, that looks at antibodies and, and determines how natural they are. And this model we showed in a, in a manuscript uh, six months uh, ago that the, the naturalness is inversely correlated to immunogenicity and correlates very high to developability and manufacturability. And you can see that the model in zero shot was able to actually design antibodies that actually had higher naturalness than trastuzumab with high sequence diversity. So not only are we able to get diversity in sequence, affinity, but we're also able to ensure that we can have high naturalness of the antibodies that are being produced out of this model. This innovation... This, this breakthrough is unlocking new and differentiated value drivers. This is going to allow us to design higher potential biologics with increased success rates. Why is this? Because we're now able, literally at a click of a button, able to design antibodies the right way the first time, being able to hit the epitope you want, the affinity, the naturalness, developability, 
And this is what's ultimately gonna increase the success rate. And we're gonna be able to dramatically decrease the amount of time it takes to get new drugs into the clinic. And then additionally, this will start to increase options for personalized medicine. And as I've already talked about, being able to broaden our IP landscape. Now, let's dive into accelerating time to clinic. So it currently takes roughly five and a half years to go from idea to drug in the clinic in, a traditional, uh, in the traditional sense. Now, with size breakthrough, with this AI de novo model, being able to design antibodies from scratch on a computer, we're anticipating that it's gonna take roughly 18 to 24 months to get a new drug candidate into the clinic. And if you look at the overall costs, we estimate it's 10 to 15 million to get a new drug into the clinic or a new biologic. And with Absize platform, we're estimating it'll be five to seven million. So you're able to get more shots on goal. You're able to have antibodies that don't have suboptimal parameters, but have the optimal parameters from the get-go. And you're able to ultimately increase the overall probability of, of success on these. And so, again, this is a huge game changer on getting better biologics to patients faster, as well as getting them into the clinic at, at rapid speeds. Now, it's not us just tooting our own horns. We have our technology validated through industry-leading partnerships, and one of them I'm going to focus in on today is Merck. We closed a $610 million deal with Merck last year, for three targets. Additionally, we had developed some bioprocessing enzymes with them as well. And I will say that that program has gone extremely well. And we're, we're in talks of what, what targets we're gonna be moving forward with. And so uh, not only is this validating from closing the deal, but we've also executed on this, on this program over the last year. And it's been an extremely successful partnership for us. So how do we continue to see this drug creation revolution through? Better biologics faster. Well, it starts off with ensuring that you have an amazing team. We have over 200 unlimiters. We call ourselves unlimiters because we turn the impossible into possible every single day. We have a 77,000 square foot campus, which in the video, you, sh you saw some of that. It's a state-of-the-art lab. Uh, and we also have an office in New York, which is our AI headquarters, along with an innovation center in Zug, Switzerland. We currently have 17 active programs, $160 million uh, balance sheet, strong cash balance sheet that gets us uh, greater than uh, 2.5 uh, years of runway. And additionally, we have over 200 patents filed, and Again, I'm gonna hit on this, the data. We're able, in our current facilities, able to generate billions of protein-protein interaction data points in a given week to both train models as well as validate. It's all about the right team. What we accomplished today and that manuscript we, we put out, it would not be possible without the extraordinary team we, we have. Yes, this is the executive team, but it spans so much more than the executive team. 
It's about getting people in a company that want to change the industry, that want to merge two industries together, biotech and tech, to be able to start designing better biologics through generative AI. And it's an honor for me every single day to work beside uh, these individuals here. And in particular, Penelope, our chief morale officer. Absai is leading the way in drug creation and seeing our vision through of being able to develop therapies at a click of a button. And if we go back to the basement lab, it took us 10 years to develop wet lab scalable technology to train generative AI models. And we started integrating generative AI two years ago, creating our integrated drug creation platform. And that has led to two huge breakthroughs. First was the AI lead optimization model. And now it's the AI de novo antibody design. Being able to design antibodies from scratch on a computer. No one has ever done this before. This will revolutionize the industry. And just think of where we're going to be in the next one to two years, seeing our vision through of going fully in silico. So please join us in the drug creation revolution and getting better drugs to patients faster than ever before. All right, any questions? All right, I don't think our analyst is here, so I will, uh, I will take questions. Hello, uh, thank you for the presentation. Uh, just uh, if you can tell a little bit about uh, the software resources uh, you have put and what would the software look like three to five years from now in terms of its capabilities? Yeah, abs absolutely. So where I see this going is, is being able to, so right now we can go from target to antibody hitting the epitope that we want, along with affinity, naturalness. Where I want to take, where, where we want to take things moving forward is starting to incorporate in the biology. So the biology is not incorporated. So let's say you have a brand new target. You don't know what epitope is going to give you the ultimate biology you want. But right now what we can do is instantaneously generate the antibodies to bind all the epitopes at various different affinities go into the lab, test that, and figure out which of those achieves the biology that you want, and ultimately feeding that sort of data back into the model so we can be predictive in the future of the actual uh, biology itself, not just uh, predicting the protein-protein interaction. So that's ultimately where I want to be uh, you know, three to five years from now, and, and that's what's going to also get us closer to uh, kind of the vision of personalized uh, medicine as well. Thank you.
Thanks for the talk. Um, you mentioned design make test cycles on around six week time scale. Is that right? Yeah. What sets that time scale? What is the what is the rate limiting step in that? Right now, the 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 I, I wouldn't say it's the rate limiting step, but what we have to factor into that six week time period is is DNA synthesis, uh, which is you know anywhere from one to two weeks within the six weeks, which we have no control over, and then the other you know four weeks is is uh, you know app size uh, uh, operational time, and that uh, we're you know, I, we've operationalized both of these extremely well. I think we can continue to, to, to shorten those. Um, but the one thing I will mention is that we don't wait for one cycle to be done. We, just, we stagger them. So every, every week you start a, a new cycle. Uh, so you're not, it ultimately doesn't become rate limiting. Thanks. Uh, I have a question. With the, you mentioned that yourself is a technology company. Are you thinking about licensing this technology with multiple partners? That's my question number one. Yeah, so we do not plan on giving the software to our pharma partners to, to utilize in-house. Uh, we still have a partnership business model where they come to us and we use the technology to develop the, the drug asset and get it to uh, an IND ready stage. And so we, we, we at this point in time do not plan on uh, uh, letting our, our partners actually use the, the, the generative AI models. And with that, maybe it's worthwhile just to have a quick discussion a little bit on the nature of the structure, how we structure partnerships. Because I think that uh, we're not a fee-for-service business. We don't just uh, bill out our time and make money on that. We structure the deals to share in the value creation that we're developing with our partners. And so we get upfront fees, milestones, and if the drug actually is successful and gets into the market, royalties associated with that. And so Sean had indicated with Merck, we did three programs. It was $610 million, so about $200 million each. That does not include any royalties. That is just the upfronts and the milestones. And so from that standpoint, we aren't looking to license this out. We have a partnership with them. There's a tremendous amount of value we add and bring as part of that partnership, and we recognize a very long-term revenue stream. And so when you think about ABSI, you really want to think about the deals that we're signing because each of those programs has a – you can think of it on an NPV basis. And the NPV, the discount, time value of money is there, but the big discount is not the time value of money. It's the probability of success. 4% of drugs that start get to the finish line, you'll see royalties on four. So if we have 100 programs, probably four of them will be approved. I think we hope to see that improve over time with the models that we're doing, but that's the data that we use. We get an NPV on that that's 15 to $20 million in today's value. And so this last year, we signed 10 programs, or basically 150 to 200 million. It was probably close to about the 200 million because they were all discovery programs. A value that we signed if we completed this year five programs, Discovery, you're creating essentially close to $100 million of value. That's more than we will spend in cash. And so we are not cash flow positive, but you, when you think about it on an NPV where we could collect revenues for 25 years, on today's value, we're really covering our costs. That's very nice. Uh, do you ever think strategically want to become a drug development company? Yeah, no, absolutely. So... We recently brought on Dr. Andreas Bush that's here. He was the head of R&D at both uh, Bayer and Shire. 
And uh, he, he likes to say that I, I kicked him off the board. He was on the board and uh, convinced him to come on, uh, uh, on, on, on an operational role. And we brought uh, Andreas on because we want to build out our, a, a small portfolio ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the reason for this is to really demonstrate proof of concept uh, through, uh, or, or demonstrate our proof of concept through a pr clinical proof of concept. And we believe that that's gonna help drive more uh, large pharma deals towards us and validate our platform even more to really see kind of our vision of being the Google index search of uh, drug discovery for biologics. And so we do plan on, on, on doing that, but we don't plan on at this point in time doing any sort of late stage uh, clinical development. The last question, probably a little bit outlandish. Um, you, you're, you're creating antibody through the AI technology. Uh, you are using bacteria, E. coli, to validate and also to kind of make sure that these molecules are, are active and, and you can generate in wet lab results. Do you imagine one day we can take this technology and now design small molecules that can do exactly the same because orally delivery will be the eventually the end game, right? And antibody yeah. is still gonna be injectables. Yeah, uh, so we currently don't have any plans to design small molecules, but what I will say is that with AI, you can, act, you can start to engineer antibodies or proteins that are, are able to survive in an acidic uh, you know, in, environment like the stomach. You can start to see how we can start to engineer proteins to actually start to act like small molecules. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm amazed by what we've already seen, uh, and I do believe technologies like this are gonna start to, to enable new classes of, of therapies that we currently don't have today. And so, uh, I hope that answers your question. Well, great. Well, thank you all. Thank you.